Well, we're going back to the uh, Truett Insurance and Bonding Hotline. Yes, we are. And uh, we got Mitch Claiborne joining us. Mitch, you with us? You with it? Good morning. Hey, uh, Mitch, what's happening? Oh, uh, doing great up here in North Alabama this morning. Well, I, man, I've been looking forward to this a ton. Uh, you do such a kind of a specialty niche of the construction business, and have, have built a great company, and kind of want to get into it and hear how you did it and and what all goes into it. But uh, your uh, your company, uh, Cornerstone Detention Products, is uh, basically, as I understand it, uh, is is really all kind of uh, uh, prison construction and. Uh, parts needed in that. So, uh, man, tell us how that works. And But before we get into that, I want to tell you that Debbie that works with you uh, did an outstanding job putting all this together. And I wish uh, somebody would speak as highly of me as she does of you. So you're doing something <laughs> good up there. Holy moly. I'll have, I'll have to buy her lunch. <laughs> she, was, she was a sweet lady for sure. Yeah, she, she does a great job for us. Um, she, she takes care of me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cornerstone is, uh, you know, I started it in 98 in my garage. Uh, I had been in the uh, business. Uh, I co-opted when I was in school, and uh, I asked myself, well, how many jails and prisons can you build? How long a career will this be? Um, and it's just um, grown, and, uh, you know, we're – we consider ourselves a life safety company. We're protecting the people that work there. Yeah. And we're also protecting the inmates or patients, if you will. So, uh, we, we actually have been, uh, vertically integrating for my whole career. Uh, we, we started out just being a broker where we bought the products and we installed them all over the country. And, uh, So now we actually make most of our products, 90% of our products we make, and we've grown from out of my garage to having 13 locations across the country, and we've got two big facilities here in Alabama, one in Montgomery, where we actually make locks for prisons and uh, electronics, and then up in uh, North Alabama, Tanner, Alabama, we actually manufacture doors, frames, and specialty windows. So uh, it's been an exciting career. Well, you know, with uh, when you start thinking about all the cities, counties, I mean, everything has a jail, has, you know, and then actual just, you know, standalone facilities. Uh, there is a, I don't know how many, I'm sure you got the number out there, but there is a ton of these things. And even down to just, uh, I guess, do y'all do – even like replacement parts and things like that, or are you, or are you more just focused on new construction or, uh, you know, we're looking at, uh, apparently getting a new, uh, prison in Alabama or a couple, uh, in Alabama. So, I mean, there, there's always a need for it. Yes. Uh, you know, these facilities are operated, uh, 24, seven, 365 days a year. They yeah. don't have plant shutdowns. So, sure. you know, so we have, uh, our company's broken into different sectors, uh, construction, um, manufacturing, and we also do service and supply. And that's one of our growing sectors of our business. Uh, just a few years ago, that was only about 10% of our 
business now it's 38 percent of our business and uh we've even taken that service and supply model now to we're doing uh whole facility maintenance because the parts that we provide are the specialty parts the other maintenance items uh we can handle that as well so uh that, that's you know everybody wants reoccurring revenue. I heard you talking about the drive-through restaurants. You know yeah. everybody's trying to reduce cost and create a recurring revenue model. And that, you know construction um, goes up and down through the years, but the the maintaining of these facilities is constant. Well, uh, being you know we do uh, insurance and bond work, and I know uh, just over the years. Uh, you know, when you talk about building prisons with bond underwriters, everybody starts getting a little uh, nervous, you know, because that's a, like I said before, it's a really specialty niche of this. And a lot of people have, have not done it very successfully. So it's, uh, it's really interesting to talk to you that, uh, I mean, you're thriving in this, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, we've been very blessed, uh, guys. We have uh, very good employees, but, you know, my motto would, with my company is we don't have to be the biggest but i want to be the best and if you're the best at something business comes your way uh years ago there was a movie uh, i forget the name of it but they were in a rocket ship headed up and one of the astronauts look over at the other one and says you know this was built by the lowest bidder <laughs> yeah and we we live in a in a hard bid world, but the government entities around the country, and it really started with the federal government when we were doing some of these federal prisons. Um, they went to a design build model where they uh, had teams formed and uh, who could bring the best value, and it wasn't necessarily the lowest dollar, but who could build it the quickest and and had the could provide the most options for them. So we kind of latched on to that model and we pursue design build work. That's probably 50% of the work that we do now is design build work. We just landed a big job in Ontario, Canada, and uh, we're working on these uh, Alabama prisons, as you say. And, um, you know, most of the time, uh, governments don't want to spend money on corrections. That's not a good topic when you're running for office. They yeah. want to talk about building schools and building community centers and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, we do need to uh, have correctional facilities that not only house inmates but also rehabilitate them and i think that's what alabama's trying to do with this new facility kind of brought on by the department of justice but it's going to have a big mental health sector and hospital as part of that facility mm-hmm. and we're seeing that as a trend across the country a lot of them don't even call them prisons anymore they call them mental health facilities or rehabilitation facilities and so there is a big uh, political push to do more than just house them. Don't put them in there and throw away the key. And and we're trying to develop products that um, suit those needs. We're with uh, Mitch Claiborne of Cornerstone Detention Products. Mitch, this is Brock. You know, it's interesting you talked about vertical integration, and, and, and I love what you just pointed out, uh, that 
you know, part of uh, the, the need to change within this industry is the evolution of the very concept of what uh, a, a deten- uh, what a correctional facility is. Uh, what I'm interested in is how, how did you first get involved in the very concept of of prisons or correctional facilities? Yeah, what, I mean, what did you we, do before? Yeah, we know. We, I mean, it's fascinating how you've been able to evolve vertically and, and even within the concept. But but what first got you in, to dive into that pool? Yeah, it's, um, you know, uh, the need to feed myself. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was in school and there was a local company that had a co-op program. I thought I wanted to be an architect. Oh. And uh, then I found out I couldn't go to Alabama and be an architect. So, you know, I had to find something else to do. I didn't <laughs> want to go to the other school. But anyway, uh, I, I worked for a company that... Um, had a co-op program and when i went there they were building jail products and and so i became a draftsman that's how old i am oh wow before autocad so i would actually draw parts that they would make in the shop and then their ownership had a split and one of the owners came to me and I think it's just because I had a pickup truck at the time and he needed somebody <laughs> to haul his bird dog. Oh, wow. uh, but but he offered me a job to go with the new company, and I think it paid a quarter more an hour, so I oh, went wow. with him. And, um, but that's where I really got my eyes open. I got into a little bit of a management position there, and I started looking at the other companies that were in this industry. And, um, you know, I worked... Uh, for a company in Montgomery that worked nationwide, and that's when I really got exposed to the corrections market. You know, you live in your own little world till you're exposed to a bigger world. And once I was exposed to the bigger world, I just have an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I, I dabble in a lot of different things, but uh, the more I got into it, the more I liked it. Um, and, um, so it, it's been an exciting run. Uh, I do think Cornerstone is the leader in our industry. Uh, we we work. We've provided products all over the world. We don't necessarily go all over the world to install our products, but uh, we've uh, we've had a great run. And I enjoy. You know, it's not a job to me. I enjoy doing it. It's a hobby. Uh, I look forward to going to work every day spending time with people, hiring new people, exposing them to what we do, and uh, just exciting. You know, that's that's really a quality of life thing, really. When you can say uh, that uh, that I don't look at it as work, but look at it as yep. something I enjoy doing every day, that, that's a rarity and, a, and, and truly a blessing. What, what, one, one final question I have. You, you know, you mentioned that you just got a, a job there in Ontario, Canada, and as you mentioned, you don't necessarily install throughout the world, but as you're considering that project, you know, what, what, what type of of challenges or innovations or, or, uh, or differences did you notice as you, uh, you know, as you tackle that Canadian market? Yeah, we've probably done 20 Canadian jobs. This will be the largest. Uh, this is a repeat customer, uh, Ellis Don construction. They're one of the larger contractors in Canada. And I think this is our fourth project with those guys in the last 10 years. But this, uh, the challenge in Canada is they will not let us work. Oh. Uh, we, can o- we can only supervise. And so um, 
we 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 can send people up there, but we can't really turn a screw. So uh, wow. we have to be very good at explaining how to do things, teaching their their uh, citizens how to do the work that we do on a regular basis. And there are a few companies up there that do what we do. They're just much smaller than us because they just don't have the volume of work. So we're able to subcontract some of our work to them. Um, one exciting thing is we we are now entering into the precast concrete business. Oh, I was going to yeah, ask about that, go. but... Um... Yeah, that's a new venture for us. We've always done everything out of steel, but in the world of construction, anybody listening that's in the construction business, everything is going to prefab. You try yeah. to do as much in the back of your shop as you can because it's harder to find people to work in the field and travel with you. Yeah. So you try to prefab things so that when you get to the job, it doesn't take as long to install it. So uh, now we have companies, uh, there's a convention going on right now in Texas called um, the Modular Convention, and mm. they're building hotel rooms. You build the whole room, and then you ship it to the job, and it's already wow. painted and got the wallpaper on it and the doors hung. Well, we do the same thing in the prison industry where we actually manufacture the sale. Oh, wow. It could be out of steel or it could be out of concrete. And our model out of concrete is to go to the job site and we send our forms there and we pour the sales on site. That is a huge advantage because of freight. That you can sense. imagine you can only ship two sales down the road on the back of a truck or a railroad car. And the freight in the last few years has just skyrocketed. So our model of actually being able to ship our molds to the job site and pour them on site uh, is a huge advantage for us. And it allows me, the products that we make, go into those sales to keep them in our contract and us make them here in Alabama. Yeah. And, uh, that's what we're trying to do for the state of Alabama. Staying ahead, staying one step ahead yeah. of the game. Well, Mitch, we got to run, but uh, I could keep talking to you about this. I mean, it's really uh, interesting stuff, uh, and you're doing it everywhere. I, I, I want to get into that maybe with you another time. Uh, we'll bring you back on sometime. But thanks for joining up with us. Anything you want to say uh, as we get out the door? Well, thank you, guys. I enjoy your show, and um, appreciate you having me on. All right. Uh, well, man, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah. See you. Have a good one. Many thanks to Mitch Claiborne with Cornerstone Detention Products. It could be information to change your life forever. Or the Something You Should Know podcast could just be something interesting. What separates a great restaurant from a good restaurant? A great restaurant will never refuse to seat three guests because the fourth guest has not yet arrived. If your wait for a table gets much longer than 15 minutes past your reservation time, a great restaurant will buy you a drink or something for your inconvenience. Join Mike Carruthers and guests for Something You Should Know. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.